Welcome to the Vital Conversations podcast, where we are broadcasting from the intersection of Christian faith and society, with the aim to inform and motivate people of faith on issues of social justice and concern. I'm your host, Jared Cunningham. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Vital Conversations podcast. I am joined by a special guest. It's been a while. I won't fault him for that, I think. Mr. Brian Johnson. Mr. Brian, the Reverend Brian Johnson, please. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I forgot. Well, if we're talking worship order and everything today, I think I have to go with my official title. Yeah, but you just put pastor on everything else. That is true. That is true. (laughs) So in this worship series we're doing, we're kind of taking a look at how different parts of a worship service work together to how they all serve as acts of worship. And today we're talking about calls to worship and benedictions. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you. I think the first time that I heard a call to worship was when I first joined First Winter Garden. Okay. I've always been familiar with benedictions as just like the way to end a service, whatever you want to call that. So could you talk on... Like, what are the origins of call to worships and benediction? Yeah, you know, you see, you mentioned that. It, they seem kind of strange to, like, hear someone do one nowadays, right? And it's it's strange for us to be like, oh, we're going to start with a call to worship or whatever that is? Like, I remember even the first time I heard it because that wasn't a part of, like, the churches I went to. And uh, I was like, well, this is kind of a weird way to start. We're all going to read the Scripture together, you know? And, and our, our joke back and forth is, like every church that we watch, whether local or around the, they all have like the same pattern. It's like, good morning, church. Here's the song. And it's just like straight into a song, you know? So it does seem weird that like we do like a call to worship. But as I was kind of preparing for this, I was reminded like this is something that existed even like before Jesus. Um, and so, yeah, so, so a lot of our worship is kind of patterned after like the synagogue kind of patterns of worship. And so I guess that kind of gets at the first question you had, which was, where do we get it from? The early Christian practices, I, I kind of want to take us back to Acts one fourteen, and it reminds us that the disciples were devoted to prayer, and they gathered each day. And they probably still considered themselves at that point, um, you know, Hebrew people, worshipers in the Jewish tradition. And uh, so in a sense, they just kind of added Christ into their worship. And so a lot of their worship was kind of this synagogue pattern. And so a lot of the early patterns of worship and what we do are kind of based off of that idea. So a part of that was the call to worship, kind of the invitation to get this thing going. Um, Now, I'm guessing it probably looks very different today, (laughs) and maybe we do it different. But that's kind of what we're aiming for is is that idea, um, that pattern. So So, since they're since they've always kind of been an ingrained part of the church and going back to say 2000 plus years. Mm -hmm. So since they've always been part of the church, why, why do we still do them? Why do we still continue to do them? Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's a good point. We don't just do it because we always have though. That's not a bad reason. Um, So I've got three reasons and maybe there's probably more, but these are the ones that I liked. Um, the first one that came to me is a good reason why we do it. And I guess we'll talk about, just in case someone's wondering at the, towards the end of this podcast episode, I'll give kind of like two examples. Um, 
but a lot of times we're just starting with a scripture, a psalm, um, a prayer, something like that, but that also gives the congregation a chance to respond. So one of the reasons is because I feel like it's a way of starting with order, and I think in particular in the area that we serve, the suburban area, most of people's lives are just a lot of chaos. Like, it's busy, it's hectic, it's crazy. And rather than just, like, jumping right in, um, I feel like a call to worship gives a sense of order. Like, here is an hour that has a pattern and a plan. And hopefully that counteracts and maybe even subverts some of the chaos that people experience in their day-to-day life. Uh, The second thought I had was, Uh, It's also invitational and welcoming, and I think it sets the stage. Instead of kind of just starting off with this idea of, like, us up here on stage are the performers, you're the audience, I think inviting people to speak along and to respond is a way of saying, like, you're you're a part of this, so you're a participant. Um, And I also think it's welcoming. It's kind of like when someone comes to your house, as soon as they walk in, you want to give them, like, like, okay, so, like, bathroom's there, like, fridge is there couch is there. That's my chair. Don't sit there. You know, like you got to give them like the lay of the land. Um, And I think a call to worship is kind of a way of saying like, we're in this place. We're here to worship God. Here's the scripture. Here's us talking. Uh, And then the last one I had was, I think it's a way of focusing and centering. Um, And again, it's a reminder to the people like, this is a sacred space at a sacred time. And when we begin it with a call to worship, it's a way to show This is a unique time and place. So, since that's how, that's why we continue to do them, how do you feel, like, call to worships themselves, how do you feel they prepare us to worship? So, I call that, like, uh, the GPS pin. You know, like, on Google Maps, like, that little red pin that drops down? Gotcha, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think of the call to worship as like the GPS pin. And sometimes I say this before we get started. Um, Like, I just try to remind people where they are. Um, Like, they're not at, like, it's not the kickoff to like a football game. They're not at a a PTO meeting or like a rotary meeting. They're not at a budget meeting for work. They're not at like the dentist or wherever else. I try to remind them like, this is worship. And so the call to worship, I feel like when you start off, with scripture and with that invitation, it's a reminder to people like, oh, that's right. And maybe even more importantly for us, like, okay, this isn't just a cafeteria five days out of the week, you know? <laughs> like, um, this is a place where we're gathering to worship God. So I kind of feel like it's that GPS pin that's like, you are here, and kind of catches your attention. And with that said, how do you feel they set the tone? for worship um this is an on-the-spot question it is i think they set the tone by saying this next hour or so that we're together will be distinctly christian um and maybe in a very philosophical way it's a way of saying the beginning place for our time together is a recognition that of scripture and not just kind of someone's opinion right? And a recognition that the Lord is in this place. So I think it, my hope is always that it almost like snaps people out of their mental grocery list or their mental to-do list, the stuff that we all do when we're waiting for something to start. And 
at its very best, I hope it helps them to say like, oh, that's right, this is a unique time. Uh, that's my hope for it. And I like how you kind of called it like the uh, like the navigation point because I've never thought of it that way, but I feel like that's what it does. Yeah. Okay. Like even for me, something in the call to worship says, "Okay, turn everything else off." Now it's time to not be serious, but this is, it signifies that we're entering a different time, like you said. Yeah. Like this is something different. Yeah. Yeah, like if it was a journey, it's like, well, there's like a song we used to sing, like Heaven Meets Earth. Yeah. It's like, all right, here's the intersection, the map point of Heaven Meets Earth. So. Yeah, mm. or like our busy schedules meet our time with God. Yeah. Yeah. So with that thought in mind about call to worships, mm-hmm. how do you, and I don't know if we really touched on this, could you talk about like why do we still do benedictions mm. and also how they prepare us to go back out into the world? Cause they're kind of like call to worships are the, okay, you're here. Mm-hmm. Benedictions are like the, okay, this part is done. Now it's time for you to kind of head on your next journey. Yeah. So to say, so how does one, how do they not only like end worship, but how do they also prepare us to go back out into the world? Yeah. Yeah, usually, like, <laughs> like the benediction's like, all right, now, now we need to, like, gather our stuff as quick as we can so we can get to lunch, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's the same thing. It's, it's kind of just the other way. Um, instead of just kind of like a, a haphazard start, um, it's a way of trying to intentionally end the service in the same way we're trying to intentionally begin the service, you know, thoughtfully, prayerfully, scripture, scripturefully. If you can say it, it's a word. I hold that true. I believe that is true. Scripture, scripture fully. We'll try that one on. Um, and I like benedictions too, because a lot of times things just end, you know? And I think our live stream is a good example of what I don't love. Like our live stream, just the way that it works, um, we have to click end and the whole thing just like cuts off. So, right. So like somebody could have been like mid conversation or, or mid interaction. And it's like, time's up. Yeah. And uh, I, so that's kind of like a thing I'd love to see us find a way to change, but it's kind of hard. But the idea of a benediction is not that it's, it's not like the end of a movie where there's that title thing that says like the end. Um, because a worship service doesn't really end. I think it, when it works as best, what we've done in that space should carry with us out into the world, right? <laughs> it's like a Marvel, it's like the Marvel like yes. ending. <laughs> Where like after the movie's over, you have your credits. What, uh, the post credit scene? That's yep. what they call it. Yep. It's like the post credit scene of like, okay, this is the end, but there's still more to come. Yes. And you know, you don't even. And I've I've caught this even on like the Marvel uh, series ones they're doing on TV. Like we started watching She-Hulk. Like I haven't gotten there yet, but I plan to. Like the the credits started, and I instinctively knew like, hold up a second. And sure enough, they did like a post-credit scene, you know, even in the mid- And so it's like, we ought to have that much understanding too, like of a worship service. Like, okay, I realize that we have come to the end of our time together, but like something more is coming, you know? And that's the idea of the benediction is we call it that. The other thing it's called is like the sending forth. 
And it's a good reminder that basically what we've talked about here ought to translate into the world. Um, and it reminds us that each of us are missionaries. Like we each have a call on our lives. We each have ways that we interact with the world. Um, it tells us, I think, that the songs that we sang, the prayers that we prayed, the words that we said really do matter. Like it's not just empty words, religious words. Like we expect that all those things we just did to change us and to change the way we see the world around us. Um, and I think it's a practical way of saying like, we have focused in this hour on loving God, and we now focus next on how we love our neighbor. So a benediction I always felt like was a way of reminding people, like our, our holy gathering in this format has come to an end, but in a sense it really just continues as you go into the next space. And kind of keeping that in mind, as the one who puts together our call to worships and benedictions, what is it you look for when you find those? Um, I try to look for something that will maybe carry like the meaning of the day. Um, and I picked two as a good example. And I guess my favorite ones uh, come from the Psalms. I was about to say that. <laughs> I don't know if that's just me, but um, I love the Psalms because they're obviously the Hebrew prayer book. It's kind of like they're their their Spotify, for lack of a better word. It's got all their emotions, their ups and downs in it. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times these were pieces that they used in their call to worship. whatever. The, and so I, th I think there's two ways to go with this. One is like a Psalm 122, where it says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And then people will say back, verse 2, our feet were standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. I mean, I if we can let that kind of like wash over us, like we're, we're sharing the same words of worship that Hebrews for generations like shared, you know? Um, but also like it's a reminder to us, we were glad to go to the house of the Lord, reminds us where we are, reminds us that we're a part of this big faith that's gone back, you know, for a long time. And, and hopefully like one like that captures or reminds people like of the joy of coming to worship. Because like sometimes it's hard to get there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for us who, who even set things up and are there a couple hours early, sometimes there's things that go wrong ahead of time. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, lived a few of those. We should do like a, a pre-setup one. Like, I was glad when they said, let us gather the trailer and the musical supplies and go set up the house of the Lord, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and I was thinking about this today, too. Like, one of the other ones in here is Psalm, one, Psalm 13. Let me see if I can flip over to that. And I picked this one out because it reminds me that whenever we gather, it's not always like everything is great and getting better. And so like one of the ones in here is Psalm 13, verse 1. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? And then people respond, how long will you hide your face from me? And I, I like that because it reminded me a lot of times we gather and life hasn't been perfect, right? It has been hard. And I think one of the key things about our faith is it's there for us in the ups and the downs, you know? And so while we may not always start with one kind of on that note, it, it's there, and I think it's worth kind of lifting up. So to maybe highlight our conversation, or mm -hmm. maybe summarize it, say it a different way, however you want to put it, 
Um, how do you, participating in call to worships and benedictions, not as a pastor, as like a person who has to sit and listen to the call <laughs> to worship, not as the person who has to choose them, but as a person listening, how do participating in call to worships and benedictions act as an act of worship? I mean, I think you just said it. You said participating in, you know, and like there's a lot of things we do where we are the audience. Right. But worship should be an act of the people. Like the word uh, liturgy, which isn't a word we use much. Um, it's kind of usually thought of as like all these rigid forms, things that we do in maybe like a Catholic church or something like that. But liturgy really is just a fancy word for like the work of the people. And I think when worship is best, it's a work of the people. Um, and to take us a little bit off, like, like this past week, there was a part at the end of the song where you kind of like step back from the microphone and you could hear everyone singing along together and it was a reminder of like, like this is in this moment, a work of the people singing these praises together, you know? And so I think that's what a call to worship and a benediction does is it makes people active participants and not just a captive or passive audience. Um, I think also it's good because it's rooted in scripture and reminds us that that's a good place to begin and end with. Um, I think it's powerful because it is something that Christians have done for thousands of years and kind of our Hebrew family of family of faith that they have done too. And so it kind of throws us into a stream that's already in progress uh, and reminds us that like good stuff has come before. Um, and then I would just say, I think we find that over time it consistently helps us to become more aware of God's presence and that, that in itself makes it worthwhile. Good. And I like how kind of as we were talking, as we said, like call to worships and benedictions, they mark a beginning and an end. And maybe for lack of better words, for like 2000 years, that's kind of just what we've done. Mm. Not as like the meth as like Christians. And I think that call to worships and benedictions can become one of those things we just do because we do it. Yeah, that's but true. But I like how there is that intention of like when we participate in this call to worship, it says we're cutting off whatever problems we're arriving with, whatever troubles we run into that morning, whatever tech issues we're dealing <laughs> with, whatever is going on in life, we're cutting that off. And this marks the beginning of my time with God. Yeah. And then the benediction kind of marks the ending of worship, but um, what do you call it? It's like passing the baton. Like we've had this time with God and now we have to go uh, pass it on to others. Yeah. Yeah. I like that metaphor. That works. Yeah. I have good ones from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we do sometimes get stuck in a format or um, I've got some psalms I always gravitate towards. But I think that's where, like, the beauty and the variety of a call to worship can come in. Like, it doesn't always have to just be one way. It's more of the idea of it. Like, it could be musically done. You know, it could be kids reading it one week. Um, I know during the live stream days, we'd kind of, like, have someone, like, record a video doing it. Mm -hmm. and, and maybe it's less about the form. Like, it doesn't have to always fit this. And it's more about how do we help people participate and how does the community call itself into worship? Yeah. I like it. Uh, before we completely wrap up, any closing 
thoughts, closing words? It's always a good opportunity to invite someone who maybe hasn't been who's listening to Citrus or to another church to come in here and call to worship. <laughs> no, but I think if I was off for a closing word, I would say if someone's listening to this, like the next Sunday that you're worshiping together, look at the ways, look, look what's happening and ask yourself, why are we doing this and how is this important? You know, and, and let it become maybe an opportunity to dive deeper into how we worship as, a, as kind of an act of worship itself. I like it. And with that, hope you've enjoyed this episode. Keep listening along for the next episodes of the worship series, and we will catch you next time.